Welcome to Cosmic You, the podcast where we explore the depths of spirituality, self-discovery, and the mysteries of the universe. I'm Holly. And I'm Bree. Through our journey, we've discovered that the universe is a reflection of our inner selves, and by exploring the cosmos, we can discover new insights which guide us to unlock our true potential. Each week, we'll be diving into a new topic related to spirituality, inviting guests along the way who are experts and thought leaders in their field to join us to share their unique insights and perspectives. Throughout conversations, we hope to inspire you to discover the sacred within yourself and the world around you. We are so excited to embark on this journey with you. Welcome to Cosmic You. Welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic You podcast. This week we are joined by the incredibly wise, magnetic and beautiful soul, Iona. Iona is a trauma-informed EFT, emotional freedom technique, practitioner and just this incredibly beautiful, grounded soul and we just feel so incredibly lucky to have you on the podcast today to learn about your journey and about how this incredible somatic tool really helped to shape you and your life and get you into this moment. Before we do that though, we like to ask all of our guests what their cosmic code is. So Iona, what's your cosmic code? Um, So I'm an Aquarius sun and a life path number seven and a generator in human design. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iona and I both um, sun sign Aquariuses, so. And Libra moons. And Libra risings. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that too. That's the one. Aren't you a Libra rising? I can't remember. No, I'm Pisces rising. Oh, she keeps changing her mind. She wanted to be part of our crew, but <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> Not this life. Not this life. Not Maybe this a life. different one. Well, oh, that's so good. All right, so how did you end up in this journey? How's it looked for you? Um, so I stumbled across EFT um, for the first time through an app called, um, what was it called? The Tapping Solution. That's what it was called. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I stumbled across that and did one of their um, like recorded, guided tapping um things I think it was like 15 minutes long um yeah and after I'd done that what it did for me is that it quieted this voice in my head about my self-worth about not being good enough so Mm. I'd always have this voice like pop in and tell me um you know you're not doing this good enough or say when my partner um would sometimes say like oh I love you in my head (laughs) my head would say oh why you know like Mm. that kind of like really self-critical, judgmental voice. Um, Anyway, so this tapping thing that I did on my own really quieted that voice. And I think it was because it hit on this memory from when I was younger um, where this idea of my self-worth was really sort of damaged. Um, And so by tapping through that, that kind of softened in my body and in my mind. Um, Yeah, and then from then on, it just made a huge difference in my life because I no longer felt like I wasn't good enough. I was able to show up for my body. I started a yoga practice um, and I connected with tools like Oracle cards and really 
that set me up for my spiritual path as well. Mm. So EFT and my spiritual journey were very like hand in hand. Um, yeah. And so I did that. And because it made such a big difference in my life, I decided I wanted to learn it and certify in it and then share it with others. So that's how I ended up here. And that first bit was probably when I first used it that time was probably about two years ago. Well, so it's yeah. been quite a quick journey for yeah. you then. Very quick. That tends to happen for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. because everyone's journey is so different. Mm. Right? Like some are so slow, but this has been like a, yeah, a really big mm. initiation for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Must have been ready. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so for everyone that doesn't know what EFT is, could you just explain a bit about about that practice and, and what it involves? Yeah. Um, so it stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques and it's um, a somatic tool. So I like to say body-based because some people don't know what somatic means. So yeah, it's just body-based. Um, it's a way to handle stress and stressful emotions. So um, when I say body-based, that's because we're tapping on acupressure points on the head and on the torso. And that tapping communicates with the nervous system and just helps your body calm down as you're focusing on something that's causing the stress. So EFT is this combination of exposure therapy, um, cognitive therapies, and mindfulness. So the exposure bit comes from focusing on what's causing the stress. And the cognitive bit is that you're working with your thoughts and the way that you think. And then the mindfulness comes from um, being very present, like the acceptance statement at the end. I deeply and completely accept myself or um, I accept this is how I feel right now. Um, so it's accepting the present moment. And then the somatic element is, yeah, the, the tapping. And the tapping affects... Um, your like the blood flow in your brain, the brain waves. Um, it affects hormones like cortisol. So it's really, really working on a physiological level in the body mm. to help process stress and to calm your nervous system. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what's so special about doing sessions with you is how gentle your approach is, but also how informative the sessions are. So like before we even began our session, you just met with me for like a whole hour and just explained everything that was going to happen within the session and how my body might react and just in this very gentle nurturing way like led me into that space and I think that's really beautiful is to find practitioners who can really hold and support and nurture you through some often quite big emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know that your training initially wasn't very trauma-informed. Can you kind of mm -hmm. talk to the importance around and what, I guess, trauma-informed even means? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's already so much to say there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when someone asks you a question, you're just like, I'm so full of information. I don't actually know how to get this out of my <laughs> mouth right Where now. do I filter? <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> Let me go into my internal filing system. <laughs> Yes. 20 times just open. Yeah, so you're right. So um, I have a mentor now who um, has this beautiful way of teaching EFT and she um, teaches all her mentees in a really safe and gentle way. Um, 
she has a background um, of working with people who've experienced sexual trauma. And in that space, um, using a tool like EFT can be quite confronting if it's not done slowly and gently. So, um, yeah, I've received this beautiful teaching from her. Um, And the reason why it's so important is because we spend so much time in our minds. We're not often going into our bodies, so we're unaware of just how much is in mm-hmm. us. Um, so when you start engaging with the nervous system through the points and tapping, you're asking the body how it feels. Mm-hmm. And often you can receive like huge waves of emotion and just things that have been um, you know, stuck for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, and in an EFT session... It's not just, you know, me working with Brie, like the conscious Brie, the Brie that's like aware of what's going on and I've come here to see you to work on my stress or whatever it is, you know. Um, You're also working with the unconscious mind and the nervous system and the body. So you're working with all these different parts of a person. Um, And so the reason why we spend, you know, 90 minutes at the start of a a tapping package or a tapping series is because we need to create that rapport with all parts of the person. Mm. So the person might be like, yep, I want to work on this. And the body might be like, no, 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 that's not safe. Like there's a reason why we don't go there. There's a reason why we don't, why we don't talk about that, think about that. Um, and so it takes time to sort of befriend, so to speak, like that person's nervous system. Um, and if the body's not on board and if that person's nervous system isn't on board, you're not going to get anywhere really, you know. Um, the body is very smart and if it feels like it's threatened, it will shut down, and um, which might look like not even being able to feel anything. Mm. Um, and I've experienced that firsthand as well because when I first tapped with my mentor in my personal sessions – I went in and I was like, I want to work on all this stuff with my father. <laughs> Let's just get rid of all this crap. <laughs> and I was like, I know you. I like you. I feel safe with you. Let's do it. And then we tried and like, I just couldn't feel anything. Like I just couldn't, you know, she's like, okay, so what do you think about that? How do you feel? Nothing. I feel nothing, mm, <laughs> you know? Wow. So it's like that. It can, yeah. Like the, as she says, the body is the boss. So mm. Yeah, so that's part of that trauma-informed process is bringing that person's understanding on board, not just consciously, but so that their body says, okay, this person, like, is going to be gentle, is going to go slow, is going to listen, and just, like, always put the body and the nervous system first. Mm. It's so powerful how you approach these sessions too because in a couple of our sessions, like, I've had the same thing as you. I'm like, let's just go. Like, like... (laughs) I just want to make this happen. I want to move through this. Like during this session, like after this session, this block's gone. And then like my body, like for the first round might be like, okay, doll, like I'll play along. (laughs) And then you have this incredible ability to observe people and adjust very quickly to the cues that, that are being shown, I guess. And so you speak a bit about creeping up on. Sneaking up. Sneaking up on. <laughs> <laughs> I like keeping up too. Such a creeper. 
<laughs> it reminds me of this Nora Jones song that I love. Nora Jones. Like, Creep on in. I'm not going to sing now, obviously. Do it, go. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. Creeping up. We're just going to call it creeping up now. <laughs> you can creep or you can sneak. Whichever feels better for you. Sneaking definitely feels better. your beautiful words what are we doing when you when you drop us right back and start creeping around (laughs) oh my goodness um yeah so because EFT is so powerful and it can get you in to something quite quickly um we play with this idea like there's so many different metaphors for this but I kind of like the idea of like turning the tap on and turning it off. So we're constantly playing with this like increasing the flow <laughs> mm. and like decreasing the flow to manage um, how heightened mm. um, the body is during the process. So um, sneaking up, like there's different what we call gentle techniques and sneaking up is one where essentially we just use less words. Um, so if a person's quite dysregulated, we just use less words so we can back off, just let things like kind of calm down. And then as they start to regulate, then we can be more specific, use mm. more words, mention the physical sensation in the body. Um, yeah, which I guess is kind of the goal in the way, like to get, um, not necessarily actually, I wouldn't say it like that, but um, if you're specific with EFT, that makes it more effective. So it's not really a goal, but it works really well if you can get really specific, like really zoom into something, right? That's why we're like, we're choosing specific events, kind of creating a picture in the mind, tapping into what you're feeling when you think about that. Um, but we're not always able to do that if the body's dysregulated. So we just kind mm. of like back off and sneak up on it. Mm. So, yeah. From a yogic perspective, hearing all this, are mm. you able to see so many links mm. coming through? Yeah, totally. And I think what's cool. so nice about it is that it is that full picture, like you're working with the nervous system, you're working with the body, you're working with the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. Because I think so often people do go into, you know, certain modalities or personal growth and somewhere they keep getting stuck. And I think if it's because they're not addressing all of these things, like you said, the body is the boss, like we can't think our way through our challenges or our traumas. It's, you've got to get into, into this. And I think having someone support you through that and like go in it in a way that's really gentle and safe is so important because otherwise you can just like blow the lid off everything. And I think it can set you back a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I can definitely see parallels there for sure. And yeah, I think we can think that we're like how you guys were saying that you go in a session and be like, I'm going to work on this. Like, let's be done with it. Like, no, <laughs> the body or the nervous system is, you know, not quite there already or feels safe enough to even go there, yeah. which is super cool. It's interesting too. Like even sometimes you think, oh yeah, I'm going to turn up to a session and this is what we're going to work on. And the body's like, nope, like mm. not today. Like my, like I'm here right now mm. in this space. Like even, I don't know, like you can be ch- even talking about something that's happening I don't know. It's hard when I can't use my hands. Even when, <laughs> say, you turn up to talk about something to do with Korea, but your body doesn't want to be in that space. Even when we're talking about something in Korea, 
I've noticed it could trigger something in relationships mm. if that's where your body or energy mm. is. Could just express in a different way in your mind, but mm. got to always keep coming back to baseline, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And there's, um, you know, like everyone has limiting beliefs at the core of things. Mm. So that can show up, like you said, in different areas of your life. Mm. Um, and the brain is so connected as well, um, which in EFT is quite a benefit because there's what we call the generalization um, effect. So basically when you tap on one thing, the brain will also start to shift the way it feels around related things, surrounding things, because you have Mm. these neural pathways in your brain and they're like little highways, like everything is connected. So I guess a good way to explain it is if something has happened in your past, the trauma-informed way is not to work directly on that thing that's happened in the past, but to work on how it shows up today. Mm. So... um, and that might be in a different way than it had happened in the past. But in your brain, it's all connected. So by working on a specific recent event, that's the safest way to approach it mm-hmm. rather than going back to that huge thing that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're still, without having to revisit specific traumas or really intense things, you're still doing the work as you work on specific recent things. And that's that generalization effect that you don't have to tap on every single time something has happened. Mm. Mm. Your brain will like adjust accordingly. So cool. Mm. So is tapping sort of like in a way you're uncovering certain things, but at the same time resolving things? Like it's not just like a Let's see what's going on and then bye. But like (laughs) allow the things to arise and now let's actually process them and move through them. Yeah. So um, when, again, the way that I've been mentored in it, I think is a really beautiful approach because it keeps things focused. Like Mm -hmm. once you start tapping into the body, it can like, like it's just like a spider web, right? Mm -hmm. Because everything's connected. You can go in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way I've, been taught is that it's like a goal-oriented approach so we always work in a package of sessions because you can't really do this in a one-off session like there are one-off like miracle sessions for sure um but true change is the result of like steady work Mm. over a series of things so basically um you choose an area of your life that you'd like to work on like say career relationships um we would talk about uh what's showing up for you in that space, what it looks like now, where you want to get to. And then we would choose um, a specific thing, like a baby step that we would work on. Mm. And um, yeah, and then by working on that baby step and focusing on it, you start to see shifts in that area of your life. And while we do that, you might have memories pop up. So other things might come in. And if it's relevant and if it's safe and the right time to address them, then we will. Um, But otherwise, we're kind of always sort of coming back to that thing that we're focusing on, that original baby step or that original goal. And again, because of that generalization effect, if something is related, you're still going to probably see a benefit in it as well. And I love um, the saying, if you don't know where you're going, you won't know when you get there. And so that's the purpose of having 
a goal or something specific that you're working on. Um, and we always take, we sort of do measurements as well. So in that first meeting, we take um, these, we write down like these limiting beliefs related to what we're working on. And we check them after each session and you usually see them shift um, in a positive direction, either by 10 to 20 percent per session. Mm. So by the end, you know, you might have been 90 percent. I don't believe in myself. <laughs> mm. And then I don't believe my I don't believe in myself might only feel like 30 percent true mm. by the time we're done. You know, so yeah. Um, and that's really powerful because you can see that. That's a tangible mm. shift, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. And there's also this apex effect, which we talk about in EFT, which is that the shifts can be so powerful in the brain that you actually forget how much of a problem it was. Mm. So which also is super important to be specific with what you're working on and like track the changes as well, mm. um, because then you get to really celebrate it. It's very yeah. easy to just be like, oh, I've forgotten that. Yeah. I had a problem with that. Like, what? What was that? What yeah. was that about? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you can totally kind of dig in and things can come up and you can sort of go into rabbit holes and stuff, like, totally. But the safest and most effective way is to go in with a bit of a plan. Mm. Um, and at the same time, it's not controlled, right? Like, you always show up for what's coming up in the body. Like, mm. the body is smart. It will tell you what it wants to work on. But always with that trauma-informed lens of is this person regulated enough? Mm. Have we had enough sessions? Do we have enough rapport? Um, yes, you're always making a wise decision. So listening, but making informed decisions mm. about where to go as well. Yeah, I think one of the nicest things about the sessions that I've had with you is that at the end, I feel like everything's really wrapped up beautifully. Like I don't feel like we've opened up this huge can of worms mm. and then I'm just sent out with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's like at the end we put our things – well, this is one one way we do it. We'll put all of our things in a Tupperware container, <laughs> my version. <laughs> and that can be anywhere. It's always under my bed if anyone's looking for it. <laughs> but like it just feels so safe. Like mm. I always feel like after a session with Iona, I can actually just step out into the world again yeah. and – I feel very regulated in my body after so a session. So important. Because I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of work with a lot of different practitioners mm. and that's not always the case. Mm. So I think if you are listening to this and you're wondering if you are working through something big, mm. working with someone who is trauma-informed and is gentle is going to really benefit you and your process and allow you to stick with the work instead of having this giving yeah rapid fire session but then shutting down sh yeah mm. then you can't con you don't feel safe to continue yeah 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 totally and that's one of those um gentle techniques as well mm. that you're talking about it's this um we call it the container technique mm. so you can use it to wrap up a session by um it's essentially a distancing technique for yep. the mind it's like okay i'm putting these things in this container and i'm putting that container somewhere where it feels safe mm. um yeah, and you can also use that technique to help process big things as well. But I love to wrap up and sort of sneak away as well. mm. or creep away. Whatever you advise. No judgment. <laughs> I think it's so important too because, you know, in our world, we when everything is moving so fast and so quick, like we want things to be fast and quick and we don't necessarily 
want to be slow in our process and the way that we approach everything else in life, we can start to approach our healing or our health or our spiritual wellness in that way too. And that's where I think we can, you know, tap in and then, like you said, shut down and tap out again. Like if we're not held in that really safe, gentle way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's so refreshing, I think, to hear all of this. It's so cool. <laughs> yes. I'm into it. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I use it every day, like to support. That's myself. what I was going to ask. I was going to yeah. ask is this something that, like, people, like, if they're working with you through, um, you know, ongoing sessions, do they do tapping at home on their own? Or is it, yeah, how does all of that work? Yeah. So um, they totally can. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I guess the caution in there is kind of, knowing your capacity and Mm. if you're aware of like a really traumatic history Mm. then tapping can be one of those things that you don't necessarily want to do on your own in a focused way um but you can use it for self-regulation so um my tips for that is just to tap through the points keep your eyes open and be very aware of your environment yeah um so yeah like totally between sessions people can do that um And it's a really nice way to start your day during the day. If you're feeling stressed about Mm -hmm. something, use it then. And also at night before you go to bed. Um, I used it before this podcast. Love it. As we know, (laughs) (laughs) literally every day. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I survived without it. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just such a practical way to calm your body. Mm. When in a world you're just, you're human, you're always activated by something. Yeah. And it's portable. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Do it wherever. (laughs) Can you talk about the difference between a dysregulated nervous system and a regulated nervous system? Yeah. Yeah. So um, so in a session, what that looks like um, is if someone is dysregulated, like the first thing that you think is, oh, they might be crying. (laughs) So you might see like kind of the tears coming. You might see the eyes glazing over. um, And yeah, like just this sense of sort of like disconnection between like the client and yourself, um, their body might go tense and you can just tell that like something's up. And and when that happens, like we stop, we do silent tapping and just let it all kind of like calm down before you go in again. Um, and when someone's regulated, they're primed for social connection. So Mm. they're able to focus and engage with people pretty easily, um, to listen, to communicate clearly. And there's actually, um, a good way to explain it is this polyvagal theory um, by Dr. Stephen Porges, which is one of the things that I explain in the first session when we talk about the nervous system. And the idea is this, um, it's like a polyvagal ladder and there's sort of three states that we move between, but it's a spectrum. So you can be anywhere between those states. And so the first is just this connected state, which is um, you're able to socially engage and communicate clearly and be in relationship with other people. Then um, there's a dysregulated state, which is um, like fight or flight. Mm. So where your heart might be racing, you might be sweaty, you might be you know ready to fight or run away, basically. Um, and then you can also move into like a numbed out state. And that numbed out state is just like feeling out of your body, not able to feel anything, um, and your nervous system has just kind of shut down to protect mm. you. Um, so as humans, we're constantly moving between these three states. Mm. 
And obviously we want to spend most of our time in that socially connected state, but it, that's not 24 seven. Mm. So we need tools to yeah. help us when we do move out, yeah. out of that state. Mm. I think this is like the beauty of this, right? Because it's always there. It's always mm. accessible. And during our first session as well, you spoke to me about how just tapping here can, you're going to have to use your words for this one. Yeah, <laughs> on the side of the hand. Karate the, chop point. <laughs> when we do the karate chop point on the side of the hand, yeah, it allows us to make sense of all of our thoughts mm. and to calm enough to make decisions and things like this. Mm. Is that what you're talking about? Like we are able to use tapping to bring ourselves back down into... Yeah. A regulated state. Yeah. Um, this might be a good time to talk about that hand model of the brain. Yeah. Mm, except I don't know how I'll explain it without showing it. but <laughs> We'll put it on, you, yeah. we'll put it on um, our Instagram <laughs> yeah. for you all. Yeah. So, um, okay, so this is to answer kind of like how do we move from that dysregulated state into a regulated state where we're able to think more clearly. So Dr. Dan Siegel um, has this hand model of the brain where if you hold your palm like facing towards you with your fingers together, um, the base of your palm is your brainstem. So your brainstem just regulates the basic survival functions of your body. So it keeps your heart beating, keeps you breathing. Um, keeps your digestion going, like all everything we need to function. So all the good um, things, yeah, <laughs> all the essentials. <laughs> um, and so then, if you fold your thumb over into your palm, that represents the limbic, <laughs> the limbic area of the brain, and this is like the survival emotional area of the brain. So this is what regulates whether we go into fight or flight. Um, what emotions we're experiencing. This just wants to keep us alive, right? So that part of the brain. And then if you fold your four fingers over your thumb, that is, well, there's different parts to the frontal cortex, but let's just call it the frontal cortex. So this is essentially the part of your brain where your thinking rational mind is. So this is where your problem solving is, where your creative thinking is, um, and your communication skills as well. So now you have this closed fist and that represents an integrated brain and a regulated sort of nervous system. Mm. Not sort of. A regulated state, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, what happens is when – so our brain is going along and it's using this process of neuroception. So it's constantly scanning our environment for safety and danger cues. And if it picks up on something that is dangerous, you'll essentially flip your lid. Yes heard this before you have? yes isn't it just the best i <laughs> yeah. just love it yeah, so you flip it. your lid those four fingers like pop up which represents losing blood flow to the frontal cortex and the prefrontal cortex um and just being governed by your thumb like that mm. middle part of your brain that's like the animal part right mm. this, the i need to survive, survive part. Yeah. um and that represents a disintegrated state mm. and so this is why <clears throat> excuse me when um when people get dysregulated, they can't think, mm. right? And they can't communicate. Mm. Um, and I love talking about this in the sense of finding compassion for yourself and for mm. other people. Mm. Um, because it's just a really 
quick, easy way to visualize and integrate that idea that it happens without your control. Mm. Like that neuroception process is subconscious. Mm. It's happening all the time. So if you feel yourself get anxious, but you're not sure why, that's because your body has picked up on something that mm. makes it feel unsafe. Mm. And when you're anxious, say socially anxious, suddenly you can't find your words. Mm. Or, you know, you just can't, you feel like you can't act like a normal human, right? Mm. <laughs> like, it's just weird. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Mm. But that's beyond your control. Mm. And if you're out in the world and you see someone, like, overreact, like, in traffic or whatever, and, like, mm. road rage, that kind of stuff, or even in the shop, someone, like, flipping their lid at someone, mm. it's like there's something in their body has been triggered and they're no longer to act socially responsible or communicate. They're just acting you know? from like, their emotional survival. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so it doesn't excuse or like, you know, take away people's responsibilities yeah. for how they act. Like there's still, we need to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but it just brings this layer of understanding mm. and compassion mm. to why humans act the way they do. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think too, like it's, you know, in relationship to like being able to understand your cues of, you know, perhaps if you're having a difficult conversation or you start to feel like whatever, being able to go, ah, oh, I'm going to walk away from the argument or the conversation right now because nothing good is going to come of it and being able to communicate that with your partner and say, you know, I'm not feeling great right now. Can we have this conversation later or like go and do things to regulate your nervous system again? Because other, yeah, go tap. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that's where, you know, you can feel yourself if you get into that mode and you're like, oh my God, I'm just acting for my emotional state. And then you're like, oh, but now I can't bring myself down either. Like knowing those cues within yourself and what that is, and then having tools to actually go and regulate yourself again. I think so many people don't have those tools is why it's so cool that you're on the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah it's so important and I feel like you've accumulated a lot of tools not just tapping like I know you lo- use a lot of other somatic and just movement-based techniques to to come back into yourself could you share some of the other practices you kind of have going on over in your world yeah um well I don't have any um I guess, like formal training and anything else, but it's stuff that over the last, um, you know, two, three years with myself um, that I use. So anything, like any sort of breathing technique is awesome. Um, That's very Mm -hmm. (laughs) body-based and it definitely helps. Excuse me. Um, Yeah, and also shaking. Like I just really love shaking if I'm feeling you guys saw this earlier like (laughs) if I just have like you know and just a lot of energy in my body or just feeling tense or whatever I just find it useful to stand up and just shake Mm. my body like a freaking rag doll like you know Um, it actually is so helpful yeah oh it feels so good (laughs) to just let it out yeah yeah and actually this is interesting as an aside um Mm. animals right so like humans are animals animals shake things off yeah yes like after they've been like after totally. they have a near-death experience yep. or something they get up and they shake yeah humans don't do that yeah we like it just gets stuck in yep. the body and that accumulates over years and years and years so mm. shaking a hundred percent um and there is actually something called tre which is like a tremoring technique that i've kind of started to do on my own so i don't know too much about it but it's based on the same thing like just getting your body to the point where it will just have these tremors which is your nervous system releasing Releasing. Mm -hmm. um trapped stress Mm. yeah dancing 
Yeah. Yeah. Surely we're going to get dancing in here. (laughs) (laughs) Dancing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything that's in the body is so powerful that helps you process in the body. And um, I heard this quote um, from Layla Martin recently, and she said the um, somatic realms are the divine. Mm. And that just spoke to me so much because I feel like as soon as I started tapping into my body and connecting to it, like starting that yoga practice and starting EFT and everything, my spiritual journey like Mm. really took off. Yeah. So they're so connected. Yeah. Body's the gateway to the divine for sure. Yeah. And sometimes I think in spirituality, some paths try to transcend the body and that's Mm -hmm. how we end up spiritual bypassing or feeling so disconnected or like we have to transcend the world or, you know, yeah, because it's, we forget that the body is the gateway to that spiritual world and our, it's the temple for all of our spiritual practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. Mm. Mm. When you were talking before, that's something that one of my Tantra teachers taught me is when an animal goes through a near-death experience or something, like you see the bird like flap its wings and then just like get all cozy again. And it's so fascinating how we all, all of these things and tools that we have, it's interesting because like none of that would be accepted to do just in society, just out in the shopping centre, right? Mm. (laughs) And this is why I think we get so much, yeah. But I think this is why we get so much built up stress and dysregulated nervous systems because all of these tools that we have, you're not just doing them out in public, right? And like all of your stressful, so much of your stress happens in public. Mm. Like for a lot, like we're all just interacting with each other all the time. We're not just sitting at home having a stress, like, yes, we can be at home and having a stressful situation, but there's so much simulation in the world around us. And yet it doesn't feel safe to do these things in the world around us, right? Mm -hmm. Because of judgment and that's weird and whatever. So it's fascinating just that, you know, all these things that we need to shake out the stress in our body would just be weird to do in public, right? Yeah. There's just such a stigma. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder we're all so stressed. Yeah. But that's why the karate chop on the side of the hand is such a good one. Because you can just do that. You can just do it. Like no one really, <laughs> yeah. like, if so someone subtle. sees you doing that, it's like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I tapped in the car for like loopy, an hour today. Yeah. I'm sure people driving by were like, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, get it, girl. <laughs> I'm building that world where this is okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we need to, talk, like, for sure do that. Sometimes, like, I'll get in my car and just be like, oh. And just like get it out again because it's, and if you feel that stress building up, like you don't have to keep it to yourself. Like you, you can, when you feel safe, of course, to just like release it and breeze just still tapping over here. I like it. Yeah. Well, see, you, you eventually get like a little bit addicted to it, right? Because it feels so, yeah, reaffirming, so I think. Yeah. I've started doing at night, like if, if I haven't wound down properly and I'm just like yeah. trying to get into bed and just, I don't know, like I haven't had a very uh, wholesome evening or something like this. <laughs> sleep hygiene has not been <laughs> important. <laughs> I'll literally, I sleep with my arm um, under my head, so like my hands near my head <laughs> like this and I'll literally just tap. lay there now and tap my head <laughs> and honestly, within a couple of minutes, I'm just so calm and I'm yeah. out. Nice. And like I wouldn't have had this tool a few weeks ago. <laughs> like how beautiful is that? 
I think the really nice thing about that too is the more that you bring these things into your life in a really intentional way, when you do go into those stress states or whatever, you will naturally lean on those tools. Like it will now become a habit for you to just be like, oh, I know what to do now. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you set up a camera in our house, you would just see me walking around tapping <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> I love that. Or like what happened? Like I love, like I get all these beautiful messages from my own and just like – Something great just happened. So Johnny and I just had a, a dance party in the lounge room. I'm so like, good. I freaking love that. I love that like you're just like allowing your body yeah. to move and feel the excitement and joy that's like streaming through it. I'm like, how beautiful is that? Like so that cool. this conscious do you mean couple get to just feel that energy in that moment together. I'm like, that's that's bloody brilliant. So nice. <laughs> love that. Yeah. We need to great. normalize more of that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if it could become normal that I could just go for a walk and then mid-walk a great song comes on and I just start yes. dancing down the footpath, <laughs> yeah. if that could become normal, I'd just really appreciate that. <laughs> you yeah. could be the um, trendsetter. Yeah, totally. All right. I own it. I'd do that with this you. This afternoon. This weekend. Yeah. We're on. You want to come? Yeah, cool. I, I got things going. I got plans, but... Uh, oh, you can do it you at dance soccer. dance where you are. Oh, bro. I could do it at soccer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could clap. <laughs> you could cheer. <laughs> Cheerleader Holly. I'd be down for that. Um, something that one of my teachers taught me as well is she calls it body yantra and it's about getting back into your bones because what happens to – sorry, just to like really steer that conversation. Again. I was like, I'm not dancing That's- at soccer. Let's just chat again. <laughs> That's how our brains work. Yeah, this is how our brains work. Um, yeah, and it's kind of that similar thing to shaking where, you know – all animals, when they're in a stress state, the bones just like start to compress and move in and like tailbone tucks under, you start, mm. all the bones literally start to get closer and closer together to protect mm. everything. Mm. And so body yantra is about reconnecting to the bones and creating, you know, a little bit of space in them again. And it's so powerful if you just, you know, place your mind in particular points, your bones, your body is so wise that it actually starts to adjust again. Wow. And when your bones That's reset, cool. your nervous system starts to reset as well. There's so many different areas that you can do it on. One of them uh, that's really powerful is around the rib cage, right? There's even just what it's called a cage. Like we cage so much stuff in our rib cage. And you can literally feel like when you put your fingertip between two points and there's a specific way that you move your arm, you can either feel like your bone, your rib cage is compressing on one another, kind of like what's that instrument? Like a vice? Maybe. That has like that canvasy looking thing goes like that. Accordion. Oh, accordion. Accordion. That. Yeah. yeah. A vice. It, no, I'm I don't even know what a vice is. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's why, why I went for the tool. <laughs> Are you an engineer? Is that what you said? No. Oh. I'm married to one. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> makes that sense. makes so much sense. <laughs> You can like move like that and then eventually you can feel it actually changes the way that your bone structure moves when you're actually regulated again. Mm. And it's so wild and it literally doesn't take that long because our bones all the time when we're going into fight or flight are just like compress. so interesting. I never would have thought they did that. It's Mm. so fascinating and really when we're in – when we're in fight or flight, even the pelvis and rib cage, they'll move like this. But when we actually are safe, they'll actually start to move more like a butterfly. Wow. It's so wild. And when I first like heard that, I was like, that's weird. As if they would change like that. Or like as if they could even move in different ways. But once you do it and you feel it move in the different way, it's like, holy moly, wow. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess from moving like that, it would almost be like 
you're hunkering down. So yeah. Your pelvis is moving up and your rib cage is moving that way. But yeah. when you're relaxed, it's like it's just moving like a butterfly is kind of like if when your lungs expand. Yeah. Moving more on like the horizontal yeah. plane again rather than like a Ooh. just like zip everything up and in. It's quite cool. Yeah, nice. So many cool things. There is. There's so many incredible tools out there and it's just yeah. trial and error and working out what works for you and what, what your your system likes and yeah. latches onto. Totally. Yeah. Like there's no – I think that's like with one of the questions that came in, which we kind of referenced on the last podcast too, of like where to even begin. And I think like you just got to start with one thing and if that takes off, then you just keep walking down with that tool and that system or path um, because it is, yeah, really find the technique that works for you and that you feel safe in and mm. also the people like finding practitioners that can really support you as well. That's a big one too, I think. I Like a lot of people ask for recommendations, mm. but you have to find the people that are aligned to you and where you're at in this journey mm. and finding the people that do feel safe and nurturing. Yeah. Um, like it's obviously fine to give recommendations, but I always preface it to mean like to mm. feel into that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important from a nervous system perspective as well because we, like humans are built for social connections so we mm. co-regulate each other so we're constantly reading like mm. um capacity of voice like the tone of your voice facial like micro sort of expressions mm. um and if you're in the same space obviously energetically as well mm. but because we're always co-regulating like you need to be with someone that feels like a fit because if you're not like your nervous system might not fully relax mm. and you might not fully engage with the process so yeah humans are so fascinating i know how cool are we (laughs) all of you listening too (laughs) not just us in this room yeah (laughs) so cool it is so cool you could just keep diving deeper and deeper and deeper Mm. and we try yeah so is there anything else you'd really like our listeners to know about eft or just anything that exists in your world Um, I think there's something left to say about um, emotions. Like I feel like emotions are so important to the human experience. And I don't have proof of this, but I keep hearing it come up. And even today, like before this podcast, it came up again about how I think I received an email from someone. Um, It came up about how emotions are something so special to being human and that other beings in the universe, right, like aliens or whatever you want to call them, like other energies in the universe don't experience necessarily like emotions like humans do. So I think it's such an important just part of the human experience. And when I was reflecting on my own journey with EFT in like the last couple of years, I think I was saying to you, like it came through that my own experience with emotions is that first they're messengers like when we experience an intense emotion it's like hey there's something over here that needs to be listened to paid attention to worked with healed you know there's something here that wants attention and that needs attention um and when we receive that message and then we use a tool like EFT to help us process that emotion then that emotion that process it becomes this gateway so we move through that emotion and to find like a more conscious version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been this process over 
over the last couple of years of seeing my emotions as messengers as like, okay, I need to tap. Like I need to sit with this. I need to be with my body with this. And then coming out on the other side of that, like, whoa, okay. Like I understand why I felt that way. I understand myself on a deeper level and I feel more aware now. Mm. And so that's been like my cycle with it. And so I guess to just bring the attention to what a gift they are, mm-hmm. like even, and that's been a big shift for me, like the negative emotions, what a gift it is, like what an opportunity it is to get to sit with that and see what's on the other side of it, mm. rather than being so scared of our emotions and ignoring them mm. and eating a whole bag of chips, which I've done plenty <laughs> of times. Like, you know, just doing something yeah. <laughs> to help us like dissociate from what we're feeling. Mm. Like we do that so much, which makes sense. And I don't blame anyone because yep. the world is really overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. And that's our body's um, way sometimes of like trying to find safety again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think when you show up with the courage mm. and learn to work with your emotions, like there's just endless gifts on the other yeah. side of that. And that's like true safety, I feel. Mm. Bag of chips, they're not helping anyone. No, <laughs> no they're delicious. You mean my chocolate chip addiction might not be so helpful? Chocolate chip? Yeah, I love chocolate chips. Cookies or the chocolate chip? No, drops? like chocolate chip cooking. Drops, oh. But the little ones, not the big ones. Oh. Has to be Nestle. Um. <laughs> Interesting. We'll You're like, pack that later. Yeah. <laughs> I need to do some dabbing. <laughs> You know, you can tap on cravings. <laughs> oh, God, I better start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so literally you can approach tapping, not approach tapping, you can anything in your life that you want to work with, tapping, you can, yeah. Yeah, um, I think, you know, like a good question to ask yourself is like, okay, where do I want to feel positive change Yeah. in my life? Yeah. Um, I think also, like you were saying, there are so many somatic tools that you can use. Mm. Um, EFT, well, the way that I look at it, it's like, where are you stuck in like mental loops and Mm. limiting beliefs? Like EFT for me, because it brings in that cognitive aspect, Mm. it allows you to voice it Mm. and engages in the body. Mm. So I feel like it works really well where you're stuck, Mm. where you really want to do something and you just can't. (laughs) So for example, with cravings, um, there's a researcher in Queensland, her name's Dr. Peter Stapleton, and she wrote um, The Science of Tapping. And she does a lot of research on weight loss and cravings. Mm. And she's done studies with brain imaging scans as well, which is the reason why we know how EFT affects the brain. Wow. Um, yeah, so like my mentor says, just try tapping on everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. yeah, anywhere where there's like, tension where you feel stuck where you're repeating patterns yeah where you want to do something and you can't like yeah it's really good for that and just again where you want to see positive change mm. like if you keep finding yourself in unfulfilling relationships or like you just can't get the kind of job you want and you're just like stuck or like you're stressed every day or your mm. kids are pissing you off all the time like I worked <laughs> with a woman on that too um like, yeah, it's just there's so many practical uses for it. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. cool. So if we went back to just like a, a less intense one like cravings, yeah, how could someone like me <laughs> <laughs> s- 
like help myself? How could I use tapping to help myself when I just want to eat a whole bag of chocolate chips? Yeah, so um, it's funny because with tapping, because you're going so deep in the body, like you kind of never know what's going to be there, right? Mm. So a craving can be – and when you're talking about an addiction, like something that your body needs, that's where like you have to be really careful. Mm. But where if it's a craving, like it's pretty – well, you know, you never know what will come up. Always do this with a practitioner is what I'm saying. <laughs> just in case. Just Don't in try case. this at home, kids. Yeah. <laughs> but basically you would sit with um, with a craving. You could kind of do it two ways. Like you could sit first with the emotions, like how you feel about having that craving. If you're frustrated or you're ashamed of it or, mm. you know, just freaking annoyed. Like, why can't I stop eating this chocolate? Like that kind of stuff. So you could work on that layer of it, which is kind of the point of EFT. Like with EFT – if you're working on a physical symptom or anything else, like you're always working on the emotional contributing factors to what's going on. And usually the downstream effect of that is that you see a change in the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So we're never trying to change the thing that's happening. Like if you're working on anxiety or physical pain or whatever, we're not trying to like get rid of that thing. We're working around it. What Mm -hmm. are the emotions around it? What are the feelings around it? So yeah, you can first tap on how you feel about the craving and then you can actually, um, you can have the chocolate next to you and you can engage with the physical sensations that you're feeling. So when I smell this chocolate, my mouth is watering or, you know, I feel like I can taste it or I feel like this like sense of relaxation in my body or like I know when I eat this chocolate, I'm going to feel so good. Like you can work with the experiential, like the experience of it and tap while you're acknowledging that. So you're bringing up those sensations in your body and you're tapping at the same time mm-hmm. and the tapping serves to sort of hopefully um, decouple them, like disconnect them, right? Mm. Like it serves to kind of bring that sort of craving down. That's those sensations. It softens them. So the goal then would be to be able to look at a piece of chocolate and not have such a visceral reaction to mm. wanting to eat it. Oh, I need to have that chocolate now, you know. <laughs> right now I really want to have that chocolate. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been talking about it so much. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll go do my homework with my, <laughs> with my beautiful practitioner. I'll report back. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, in uh, Dr. Peter's book, um, someone actually came up to her and said, like, I don't know what you did, but I haven't had a chocolate muffin since – that time that we tapped or something like that. And it had been like a year or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Maybe you were that chocolate. Yeah. You're like, I'm not ready. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't leave me. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone wanted to work with you, do you do in-person only sessions or? I do Zoom sessions. So online. Amazing. Online sessions. Cool. If someone (laughs) wants to work with you, how many sessions do they do? Do you have packages? Are there, yeah, how does all of that work? Yep. So, um, <laughs> good question. <laughs> so, yeah, always in packages. Um, one, because like I said earlier, it takes time to unpack a challenge. Um, there's usually different aspects involved. And two, because you don't want to open up a can of worms and then leave the person yeah. on their own. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I work in um, six session packages. First session is always just 90 minutes of um, talking about what we want to change, um, identifying limiting beliefs that we want to track, um, and that psychoeducation about the nervous system mm. and about EFT, what can happen, what to be aware of. Um, 
Yeah, so it's just a really slow, safe and gentle process. Mm -hmm. And I, for one, don't go poking around for traumas and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I just work with what's happening right now, Mm -hmm. specific recent events. It's the safest way to work with your body. So, yeah, always in succession packages and... Um, if it's going really well, you can always add more <laughs> and just yeah. keep going and tap on another area of life and have EFT make things blossom. <laughs> cool. Love it. So where can people find you? So my website is astralcompasseft.com. Um, yeah, and you can read more about me there and um, contact me for a booking as well. Amazing. And we'll drop that in the show notes. Incredible. Thank you yeah. so, so much for joining us. <laughs> it's been incredible. I've learned so much. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's good. I've, yeah. I've heard a lot of this before from you, but hearing it again, I just feel like I'm able to absorb it more and I'm really excited that we can um, listen back to it now. Yeah. And just keep, take it in again. Keep absorbing this, this knowledge and this wisdom that you have. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for being here. <laughs>